This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. City are back in the Champions League, but this time and for the first time as title holders. Let that one sink in, people. But will a thin squad and a couple of injuries derail the Blues' European title defense? We'll discuss that. Do a little bit of trivia and plenty more. It's Tuesday, September 19th. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Joe Butterfield. I'm Andrew Detmer. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back to the show, chaps. Joe, welcome to the show. You're uh, starting to become a bit more of a regular now. How's things? Uh, yeah, settling in. Settling in. The group chat has got me uh, well and truly in the uh, in the, the, the City Report pod environment. So yeah, loving it. Which can be a bit of a zoo sometime. Andrew, I feel like at some point, if this show ever has like a Patreon or subscription or something, it won't be for bonus content. It will just be like spend 24 hours in, in our group chat where Amos, Andrew, Adam, and Ollie Kirsch are arguing about something totally non-related to football. I think if we ever offer that to you, I will be no longer a, a member of the <laughs> uh, City Report podcast for, for the sake of my professional career. Yeah, there are certainly some, uh, we'll call them spicy takes in there. Uh, may- maybe one day some some bonus content like that. But we're going to get straight into the football because we're going to try and keep this one short and sweet because it's uh, a bit of a, we won't call it a dead rubber. I guess it is a Champions League group stage game after all, but God, it almost feels like a dead rubber. And uh, obviously City are welcoming Red Star Belgrade to the Etihad this evening. Um We're going to take a look at that game, but I want to start with some comments from Pep Guardiola after the West Ham game um, that I found to be a bit interesting when I came across them online. Um, Obviously, all the talk coming into this season, Joe, was, you know, is the squad a bit thin? We obviously had some pretty uh, seismic outgoings in Riyad Mahrez, Ilkay Gundogan, and obviously at the deadline, uh, Cole Palmer left as well. 
Um, now, numbers-wise, all of those players have been replaced with Nunez, um, Kovacic, Gavardial, and Jeremy Doku. Um, but you can't help but get the feeling that a lot of people in the fan base think the squad is a bit thin. And, and this is what Pep had to say after the West Ham game. Um, he said, when you have a lot of injuries, the problem is not today, the day after. It's in three, four, five games. In the Carabao Cup, we go to Newcastle. I'm sorry, but there are games we're going to have to play with some second-team players, end quote. Now, obviously, he mentioned the Newcastle game there, and, and we're more focused on this evening's clash with with Red Star. Um, do you sympathize with Pep, or could you say to him, well, you know, you had the chance to maybe sign one or two or three more senior players in, in the summer window to, to strengthen the squad a bit? It's more for me. It's not so much about the fact that he could have signed more. It's about the fact that he could have maybe let fewer players go. Um, I know that obviously the club generally has this policy that you know once you once you make it clear that you want to leave, then in Pep's eyes, it's like right, well, out you go then. But when it comes to players like I think I was having this discussion on Twitter last night with somebody about it actually when I, when you know when I saw the comments as well because it, the re- somebody mentioned that you know we've we've won so many Carabao Cups with with this kind of squad mentality before, but I think a lot of people forget that those four in a row were kind of won when our squad was bigger than it is now, and we had like three or four EDS members on standby ready to sort of drop into these games against lower league teams. Like we had Tommy Doyle in the squad, we had like Taylor Howard Bellis, um, you know. Cole Palmer was coming through. There was a, there's a couple more who've like Brahim Diaz who've who've moved on, and you know th- we had more of them sort of ready to jump in at this point. Um, we don't have that now. Obviously, that the players of like that we would have had this time round are you know James McAtee, Cole Palmer again. You know um, we've got Oscar Bob, but he's you know he he might feature against Newcastle next week, but in terms of tonight's game, he's he's unlikely to be involved. Um, and these are the kind of players where you know those those minutes that can lighten the load on. The, the players like Rodri, like you know, like like Kyle Walker, for example, players could come in and do that. But because he's sort of opted for a smaller squad, he's left himself in a position where, as a as a guy who moans quite a lot about the amount of football that players have to play, correctly so, because the amount they have to play is insane. But it seems an odd choice to then give yourself a small squad to work with because that inherently puts more pressure on the workload of players than than you would if you had say three or four more players in the squad. But it 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 is it's unlikely. I say it's unlikely to affect our chances of winning trophies this season. But it's one of those things where if you're going to do that, you can't then complain that international football is the reason why your players are playing too much football because you've got 18 players to pick from every week. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and Andrew, the gone are the days of you know being able to call on Raheem Sterling, Gabriel Jesus. Um, and, and any number of you know fully fledged internationals off of the bench to to play in these cup games or or in maybe uh, Champions League games against weaker opponents. And you look at the bench against West Ham, and, and granted, there's no Kovacic, there's no John Stones. Um, who else am I missing? There's no Jack Grealish, no Kevin De Bruyne, of course, for for a long period of time. But you look at that bench, and you know the names don't really pop out to you. You got Nathan Ake, Sergio Gomez. Matias Nunes, Oscar Bob, Rico Lewis, Calvin Phillips, and then two keepers in Ortega and Carson. And that's not even a full bench. They could have named one more player. Um, so it is starting to feel a little bit thin because we do have a couple of injuries. But looking at it from the point of view of tonight's game against Red Star, do you feel half, a third, one or two of these players are going to come off the bench and and start from from the start? 
or is it more of play your best 11, the 11 you played at West Ham, try to potentially get a big lead early on, and then we can see the Oscar Bobs and Rico Lewis's of the world? Knowing Pep Guardiola and knowing what he's done in the past, maybe you see one or two changes to more squad type players. But frankly, it's it's interesting you say, you know, oh, there's no Raheem Sterling's, there's no Gabby Jesus's. But in reality, City's depth now in terms of the skill and quality of the player they can pull off the bench is higher than it ever has been. There's just fewer of them. You know, Julian Alvarez, were it not for Cavs injury, would be coming off the bench. And you're talking about a player who has won literally everything there is to win in football uh, at the age of what? I mean, is he what, 23, 24, 25? Yeah. Somewhere um, there. I mean, not even. Yeah, I think that's that's an old I mean, man maybe I'm in Julian Alvarez years. But, you know, we're talking about someone who very early in his career has basically completed football, right? So yeah, he's, he's 23, by the way. He's 23. Okay. Yeah. So, I, you know, I will take Julian Alvarez coming off the bench over Gabby Jesus any day of the week. And I love Gabby and he did a lot for the club. But the reality is that we just have a little bit of an injury crisis right now, not to the extent that some other clubs around the league have, but if you were to put all those players on the bench, I would argue that the names you see on the bench are actually better than city have ever had um, in the Pep Guardiola era. So for me, I think Pep probably does rotate a few people in, um, maybe max three, but largely this is, hey, let's get the job done. Let's get the Champions League campaign off to a solid start and move on. Joe, if you were sporting director, manager, some decision maker on the squad at at City, what's better in your eyes? Is it the depth in quality, which is obviously great, or is the depth in numbers that maybe we had in uh, you know, 2017 to 2020, in which it felt like they almost could play a second 11 in the cup at times that that felt full strength. Um, is there a better option or is it just up to the manager? And in this case, we know that Pep likes a small squad. I think a little bit of it comes on, to, obviously, well, the majority of it comes on to the manager because the way that Pep sort of wants to, I think Pep doesn't like the idea of the, the, two, the two plays in every position because then that means that you've got players who you need to keep happy and means you sort of have to rotate throughout the season just to stop players from getting, you know, we've seen with Cancelo, give him give him three games out and he gets angry and doesn't want to play for the club anymore. And I think that's the kind of worst case scenario of Peps that's kind of come to life. And I think he's very wary of that happening again, particularly since that's happened. Um, but then also as a sporting director, you've kind of got to say, look, if you're going to have, if, if we've got, you know, players like Rodri coming out at the end of the season. And granted, Rodri in particular's position that has probably been filled to an extent, so he's not a great example. But there are players in the squad who'll be the same at the end of the season. You know, Rodri played almost every minute that was available to him last year. And he got to the end of the season, he was like, I've played too much football. And at that point, as a sporting director, you kind of have to say, look, I don't care if it means that you're going to have to rotate someone in every every few games to keep them happy. Like, Rodri, as a, Rodri in the long term will be a better player for having played less minutes every single season. So we've got to kind of so so basically, you're having a backup, like no matter what you say, basically. And that's kind of the position that, that I think almost should have been taken when it came to, you know, Cole Palmer, for example. Like, it was easy for us to say when we when Doku came in and we thought that he was going to be a right winger. But it looks like he's, if, he, if he's going to play like that on the left every time, then obviously there's bigger discussions to be had around that and in general. But Palmer could have stayed if we knew that Doku was going to be employed on the left a lot. And these are kind of the things where maybe a sporting director has to 
obviously Cole Palmer's situation is what it is, but a, a sporting director has to kind of just sit down and say, look, Pep, like I know you might want these players who are happy to go to just leave, but we've got to keep one or two of them because otherwise you are going to be in a position where at the end of the year, you, you're relying on players who've played thousands of minutes to, to step up again. And, you know, when you're deep in the Champions League, playing every playing a game every three days, that's not an ideal position to be in. You want to, that's, that's where you do want the strength in numbers rather than the strength in quality. Um, but ultimately, it all comes down to Pep at the end of the day. But the, the club will do whatever Pep wants. But I'd, I'd like to think that if it was me, if, if if I'm in if I'm in football manager mode here and, and I've got to got to pick what I can do, I would I would definitely have a couple more players just to pad the squad out. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. And and Andrew, just on the Red Star game, I think with the size of the squad at the moment and with a few injuries to key players, Pep is is absolutely going to have to pick his moments to rotate. Is this game on paper? You know, Red Star Belgrade is probably your weakest opponent for quite some time. Um, considering City go to Newcastle in the League Cup the following midweek, is this the game to rotate, or because it's your group stage opener, you want to get off to a good start? And and we kind of know the old adage in the group stage: if you win all of your home games, then you know you could essentially draw all of your away games and and potentially top the group. Um, but on paper, if you look at City's upcoming fixtures, this is probably the game where if you're picking your moment to rotate, you pick your moment here. Well, I think that's doing a great disservice to the uh, three consecutive double uh, in a row winning Red Star Belgrade side there, Adam. <laughs> that you're, How dare you dismiss the Serbian Superliga the way that you were uh, doing. But no, I mean, it, it's obviously the... I'm going to have a, a, a war band of North Face and balaclava men with flares outside of my, uh, outside of my window here soon. Indeed. I, I will say, interestingly, as I was just digging into Red Star, they uh, now hold the record for most points scored in a single season, which is 108 points. They won 35 matches, had three draws and zero losses in the 20 to 21 season, which is kind of wild. That is very impressive, and I don't want to be disrespectful, but my point stands that this is yes. going to be City's <laughs> yeah. weakest opponent for some oh, time. It, it, it easily is. And I mean, because part of it too is, and you see it with sides like Red Star all the time, they are set up to make it to the group stage and likely not any farther, but that is way more money than almost anyone else in the Serbian league will have. And so the issue is, is that the way they play in their domestic league, just it doesn't really translate into the Champions League because you can't dominate your domestic league at the level they're at and then somehow also be able to like go and take either take it to us or defend in a way. Um, and frankly, also, I mean, we know Erling Holland's going to play and he's a damn cheat code. So he's probably going to score three goals off two chances to make up for the fact that he missed five sitters at the weekend. So, I mean, I do think this is a moment to rotate. Um, it, I think that if Rodri were, or sorry, not Rodri, if Kovacic were healthy, I do think this is the type of game that you would see Kovacic sitting at defensive mid. Unfortunately, you know, he is not ready yet. Maybe, I mean, Pep seems to love Nunez, so maybe we just, you know, have a double pivot of Nunez and Bernardo or something. But I do think you'll see some rotation because this is the best opportunity to do it for a good while. Just quickly before we move on and talk about City's new captains, Joe, I just want one word answers, yes or no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list the players from the bench against West Ham. Are they going to start against Red Star? Nathan Ake? Yes. Sergio Gomez? 
No. Matias Nunes? Yes. Oscar Bob? No. Rico Lewis? Oof, that's a possible yes, but I'm still going to say no. Calvin Phillips? <laughs> no. Stefan Ortega? No, but it wouldn't shock me if it was. Uh, yeah, I think I feel the same way there. Uh, Scott Carson? <laughs> oh, uh, yes, obvious, obvious yes. Big shoe in. That would be fucking fantastic. All right, that'll do for part one. In uh, part two, we'll be back to discuss City's captains quickly and then do some trivia. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. If you are new here, please leave a rating, leave a review, hit follow, hit subscribe. That is the best way for us to get this show out to more blues like you. Andrew, uh, you may have seen the news. City have some new captains. Obviously, um, we know that the way that Pep and City do things regarding their captains is a bit different. Um, it's you know, it's not the old days of Vincent Company is going to be the captain no matter what. As long as he's at the club, there is an annual vote and there is a um, leadership group that is elected by the players and I believe the staff as well, perhaps. Um and as we've seen, Kyle Walker, Kevin De Bruyne, Rodri, Ruben Diaz, and Bernardo Silva make up that leadership group, with, I believe, Kyle Walker being the official club captain taking over from Ilkay Gundogan. Um, happy? Sad? Wish there was different players? I mean, I've always said that this is a role that matters far more to... I mean, in a way, I think fans view it differently than the players do, and... I, I get why, and that's completely fine. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is that the way Pep does this, that the players are electing the five that they feel best represent the current squad. And I f- don't think there's any question why those five get picked. The good thing about City, and it's something you could say about Chelsea kind of in their peak in the mid-2000s, is that this is a club that has leaders both in this group and outside of this group, all across the pitch. A lot of them are leaders at their international teams. They were, you know, captains or leaders at their former clubs. And that that's the more important thing, that the title of captain is not necessarily relevant. I mean, we know, for example, that Ilkay Gundogan was not necessarily the one to give the rousing speech because that's just not who he is. And Diaz would do that last season. That doesn't mean that 
Gundogan didn't contribute and have important things to play as a captain. And I think that this group gives a really good mix of personalities and styles that if it comes down to needing the players to handle something themselves or to go to Pep, this is the right group of people to do that. Joe, there's one name on there that kind of jumps out, and and that's Kyle Walker. Um, I think he's been a bit of a lightning rod amongst the City fan base, particularly after signing a three-year contract extension earlier in the week. Um, Obviously, there was loads of rumors and um, I would say even maybe stronger than rumors that he was on his way to to Bayern Munich this summer, obviously sticks around, signs the new contract. Um, is Kyle Walker the right man for the job? I think, you know, there's two sides to Kyle Walker, right? There's there's the guy we see on the pitch and there's the guy off the pitch. Um, and I think when you've got the armband at, at one of the biggest clubs in the Premier League in Europe, in the world, um, that spotlight kind of goes to things outside of the pitch as well. Um is there any issue with with Kyle Walker being the kind of face of the club, the man that's going to be lifting the trophies if City were to win any this season? Um, so on the on the pitch, I've got absolutely no problems with it. I don't think there's any real co- question in Kyle Walker's commitment when it comes to playing football. Like, there's absolutely you know whatever. You th- I personally, as I've said on Twitter, I've been. I think his last season wasn't brilliant, but that doesn't mean that he's not a good leader on the pitch. And we've seen like the Sheffield game in particular was, you know, after making that mistake to let Sheffield equalize, he could have very easily Sheffield United. Sorry. I know that people get annoyed when I just say Sheffield. Um, (laughs) I think um, it could have been very easy to sort of like have that be the moment where his performance level just dipped and it went to his head. But the fact that he kind of took that on and effectively dragged us to get that second, that second goal to win it. Um, you know, that's just that shows everything about what his mentality is like on the pitch. Um, off the pitch, if you if you're gonna have him facing the media, he's absolutely fine. I think he's a really good representative in terms of like you know, press conferences and stuff like that. And when he has like Sky interviews and when he's on BT and stuff like that, he's always really good. Um, so he's good in that sense. Um, however, if you catch him outside of his professional capacity, um, He's absolutely not a club captain material. Like it's just there's there's and and to fan and this is, comes back to what Andrew was saying before. Like to to fans that bit matters a lot, and we're kind of spoiled in the fact that for nearly a decade we had Vincent Company doing that job, who is like on such a level that literally probably no captain ever, maybe in the Premier League will ever reach again. Um, he was just like perfect in terms of not only being a great player and a great spokesman on the pitch but being so ingrained in Manchester and being just an absolute consummate professional off it. Um, and Kyle Walker has had a fair few, has a fair few skeletons in his closet from the last few years. And I, as a, as a fan that doesn't particularly make me feel great about the idea that he is the, the, the de facto representative of the club from the player's point of view. Um, but as Andrew says, like the, the, you know, the, the, the democracy of having the players pick the captains is probably more important than that. Um, it's it's all that matters really, and it's and we still have you know Ruben Diaz, like Kevin De Bruyne, um, Rodri as well. These 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 three in particular are all like you know they're absolute professionals, and they, they, you know if they're part of that that quote unquote senior leadership team, I think it's been called, then we've got great representation that in that sense anyway. The one the one person who I was going to say who I, who I actually do think is a bit of a curious miss from the from the group is Nathan Ake. Um, I know that. When he first joined, there was some reports, weren't there, that he, he only narrowly missed out on making the leadership group like the summer that he joined. So I think that Bernardo Silva now making that group as Gundogan's left instead of Ake 
is a bit strange, but I don't know if that says more about maybe Bernardo's impact on the dressing room or just his ability on the pitch more than anything else. Yeah, I wonder if actually Gavardi all coming in and kind of rendering Nathan Ake potentially a second string player at this point when he was a bona fide starter. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Um, Andrew, very quickly before we move on to trivia, Kyle Walker, any issues? No. Look, I. you can have qualms with his decisions for multiple reasons. Some of the reasons I think people have issues with him, I think, is just people being hung up on their own puritanical nonsense. And that's just, it's not going to fly with me. But at the end of the day, he is easily a top three Premier League right back of all time who has contributed immensely. We've seen multiple times, sure, he has moments where on the pitch there will be a momentary lapse, but he has also contributed massive, um, you know, whether it's defensive and get backs, or even, I mean, this season, he makes a mistake and then immediately is up the field trying to do what he can and, you know, sets up the winning goal against Sheffield United. Um, that is the type of mentality that you want in the leadership group. Um, and, you know, it might annoy some fans to hear this, but players are not there to be your role models. They are there to win football games and be really, really good. Um and also to make millions of dollars. And Kyle Walker is really good at the last two things. And that he is not so good at the first part is pretty irrelevant from the standpoint of his teammates and the club. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to clip up a few of those things and use them for debate shows <laughs> for the next international break. Thank you very much for the bonus Can I be content. on that debate show? Because I have, I have many Absolutely, Joe. One. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we're going to leave that with a, a bit of a mic drop from Andrew, and we're going to move on to some trivia. Now, I have kept you guys totally in the dark on this. That was on purpose so that you could do no research ahead of time. Um, Great. What we're going to do is I'm going to name a category. Let's say it's fruits. And one by one, you guys are going to each list a an answer for that category. So, Joe, you could say apple. Andrew, you could say banana. And you'll go back and forth listing answers from that category until you either run out and let's say Andrew you don't know any more fruit and Joe says squash is a squash a fruit uh it's a vegetable I think what am I right now uh then then (laughs) Joe says then Joe says cantaloupe then Joe would be the winner all right squashes are fruits not vegetables I've I've learned something there we go um One might say the idea of a squash being a vegetable has been squashed. All right. This is what we are going to do. If you get the correct answer, you're going to hear this sound. If you get an incorrect answer or you run out of time, I have no idea what the time limit is going to be. I'm going to completely wing it. If it just seems like we can't repeat answers, right? Correct. Once an answer okay, is said, you. it is taken off the board. If it looks like you're stalling for time because you don't know an answer or you simply get a wrong answer, you will hear this. Oh, no. All right. Does everybody understand the game? Yes. Yeah. All right. Your category is cities, group stage, Champions League opponents in the Pep Guardiola era, and that includes this season. All right. I'll give you five seconds to think. Okay. 
And here we go. We are going to start with Joe for City's Champions League group stage opponents in the Pep Guardiola era. Joe, go ahead. Uh, Red Star. Shakhtar to next. Uh, FC Copenhagen. Young Boys. Barcelona. Leipzig. PSG. Atalanta. Sevilla. Napoli. Celtic. I don't know their first, it's Poznan, like Lech Poznan or something. Am I right? We did not play them in the Pep Guardiola era. Oh, you've been fooled. We have played them in European competition before, but we have not played them in the Pep Guardiola. So, Joe, you take home today's trophy, but we do have some more time, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. So, would you guys like to do another round? Yes, please. All right. We will move on to the knockout rounds. This will be City's UEFA Champions League knockout round opponents during the Pep Guardiola era. Same rules are in effect. Joe, as you are our our winner, I will let you go first. Uh, Sports in Lisbon. Lyon. Real Madrid. By the way, that takes Real Madrid off the board completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I assumed we don't repeat. Um, Leipzig. PSG. Enter. Liverpool. Chelsea. Spurs. Shock Tardinest. Oh, no. Just in the group stage, Andrew. Yeah. There were so many games that we played them in that I could. I was like, did we sneakily play them in a knockout? <laughs> Just from just in my own gr- sanity, was 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 Schalke or Hoffenheim going to be one of them? I can't remember if it was one all or right. both. I will. I will Schalke reveal, is who I'm thinking of. I'll yeah. reveal all of the clubs left up on the board from both rounds. So from the group stage round, still left on the board was Borussia Mönchengladbach, mm. Feyenoord. That's the one I was. Leon, yeah. Hoffenheim, Dinamo Zagreb, Porto, Olympiacos, Marseille. Club Bruges, 
and Borussia Dortmund. Now from the knockout rounds, the clubs still left on the board were Monaco, Basel, mm. Schalke, Borussia Mönchengladbach, Borussia Dortmund, Atletico Madrid, and Bayern Munich. Any that you didn't remember in there? It is funny that I don't think either of you got any of the COVID season. I don't think you got any of the empty stadium games. So there may be some repressed Andrew trauma said, there. Andrew said Leon for the um, for the knockout round. Uh, That's the only one. Yes. I That's said Leon and then also Chelsea. Yes, which was at the back end, right, with, with, with yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of half the I can't believe yeah. I forgot Bayern Munich from last year. Like I didn't, the, the Bayern Munich never crossed my mind once the knockouts. I was scrambling no. if Andrew, if Andrew, if that, if Shakhtar was right, I would have been, I would have been scrambling. I was thinking of Schalke because I, I could. It was the uh, the Sané goal was in my yeah, brain. The, the free kick of where yeah. he scores that just like absolute screamer of a free kick, but I could well, not remember who it was against. Congratulations, Joe! You are today's winner, and that'll thank do you, from us you. today. Andrew, thank you very much. Cheers. Joe, thank you. Thank you very much, yeah. And listeners, thank you very much. Until next time, see you later. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.